0: Welcome to this week's Inside Soap, covering the 8th to the 14th of August, 2020. Every story, every secret, every week. Brought to you by Q&Review Recording, print speaking to the blind. Casualty, BBC One Saturday. Dylan confronts Lev. Will the troubled paramedic confess his fling to Faith? Dylan reveals to Lev that he knows he's been cheating on Faith this week after previously spotting him hook up with Xander and the accident... At the ambulance base. After having a one-time fling with Xander, Lev put a stop to their relationship. However, he's unaware that Dylan saw them from afar. So when Dylan tells Lev what he witnessed, Lev swears it was a one-off. I think Lev knows Faith, and he knows that if she found out he did something naughty, it wouldn't matter if he was a man or a woman. She'd have a very harsh reaction, explains Uriel Emil, Emil, who plays the paramedic. And I think that's what Lev would expect. He wants his, He knows his wife. She's a strong Scottish woman who will not go lightly. But what Lev doesn't know is that Dylan is in love with Faith. So will Dylan re- reveal Lev's secret to Faith to break up their marriage? Or will he decide to hide Lev's true sexuality? Classic Coronation Street, ITV3, Monday to Friday. You can watch this as an ITV3 double bill at 2.50pm weekdays, repeated the following week, weekday at 6am. Catch up on the ITV Hub. Episodes this week from May 1996. Where Terry goes, trouble follows. Like the proverbial bad penny, terrible Terry Duckworth rolls back into Weatherfield this week and with little Tommy in tow to the delight of Jack and Vera. It's a surprise as Terry has effectively sold, or at the very least, least his grandson to his maternal grandparents in Blackpool and returned for £2,000 a year of beer money. So what's brought about the end of that arrangement and Terry's return home? Could it be his mum and dad's recent good fortune? Surely not. Across the street, Mavis is down to her last nerve from the stress of having Norris as a house guest, especially when she and Derek get it into their heads that Norris has murdered his wife and buried her on the allotment. How crazy is that? This is Corrie, for heaven's sake. You can't just go around randomly killing and burying people. Classic EastEnders drama Monday to Friday. You can watch this on a double bill at 1 p.m. on weekdays and catch up on the UKTV Play app. Episodes this week from October 1994 and Mother Makes Three. Cor blimey, would you look who it is? Everyone's favourite Pocket Rocket Peggy Mitchell makes her debut this week. Actually, it's Barbara Windsor's debut. We don't talk about the first version of Peggy from back in 1991. It's your chance to be in at the beginning of a whole new era of Wolford life, but if you think Pe- Peggy isn't quite right at first, Babs would agree with you. EastEnders originally envisioned Peggy as a rather sad and vulnerable lady who spent all her time worrying about her children, the megastar commented later. Meanwhile, the clothes weren't right and the wig didn't fit, but I saw her as much more ballsy than they did. It took a change of producer to get Peggy right, to choose a new market wardrobe and show how tough she can be. So what brings Peggy to Walford this week, you ask? Her precious Phil is in hospital. And why is that? Well, it's just a little thing we like to call (coughs) Sharingate. Classic Emmerdale, ITV3, Monday to Friday. You can watch this on ITV3, double bill at 1.45pm weekdays, repeated the following weekday at 6.55am. Catch up on the ITV Hub. This week, episodes from February 1997. Is Kim dead? Well, no, of course she isn't, but Frank certainly thinks so. Watching episodes of a soap from over two decades ago requires a certain suspension of disbelief. Not only for the fashions or for the fact that everyone thought Terry Woods was an interesting character, but because we have to pretend not to know the twists. This week, for example, Frank Tate is called to identify a body found in a car pulled from Demdike Quarry Pond. And yes, he says, that's definitely Kim. Of course, we know that Kim is still alive, well, and clip-clopping around the village in 2020, so this must be a trick. But back in 1997, it was all very plausible. Emmerdale even took photos of actress Claire King's leaving celebration to throw viewers off the scent. We're left to wonder, however, that ran- how that random corpse managed to look enough like Kim for Frank to get it so wrong. Perhaps it was wearing George on a snooty expression. And it's from the sublime to the ridiculous as the Dingles discover that Barry Clegg has been hiding on his farm. It turns out he's not interested in getting back with Lisa at all. It's only her pig muck he's interested in, which he intends to use to fuel the rocket he's built in his barn. Barry hopes Lisa will be his co-pilot on a mission to space. As you do. But when she makes her feelings plain, Butch volunteers to become the first Dingle in orbit. It's all very last of the summer wine. You have expect Butch to appear in a space helmet made from a plant pot. However, disaster strikes during a scuffle as Marlon pushes Butch onto the launch button. The rocket explodes, taking most of Lisa's farm with it. Oh dear. Guess she'd better move in with Zack then. True Love moves in ridiculous ways, it's wonders to perform vets win prizes. Butch is Marlon's playmate at the moment, but only because he hasn't met Paddy Kirk yet. The new vet arrives this week and actor Dominic Brunt recalls a fateful first meeting. I was starstruck, scared and out of my depth, he told us, but within five seconds this lanky lunatic came over and went, hiya, I'm Mark Charnock, sit with me, and the rest is history. Coronation Street, ITV Friday. Sarah and Gary's wedding day, Spark. They're drawn together just as he's due to marry Maria. Sarah Barlow and Gary Windass look set to share a shock kiss this week on the very day that he's supposed to get married to fiancé Maria. There's serious trouble between Sarah and her husband Adam when he catches her red-handed with the evidence that links Gary to Rick Nealon's murder. Later, after a fraught confrontation with Adam, Gary angrily marches over to the Platts house to find out what's going on with Sarah but as the intense situation plays out, it looks as though the pair are about to do the unthinkable. There's a fine line between love and hate, teases Tina O'Brien, who plays Sarah. Gary understands Sarah and he presses her buttons. She knows just how much Gary loves her, not to mention that he saved her life. Although she was happy with Adam and bringing up Harry, this has thrown a hand grenade in. Now that Sarah is burdened with the secret that Gary killed Rick in order to protect her, she's found herself in a terrible situation. While Sarah's well aware of the evil he has done, Gary also knows the truth about the murder of her ex, Callum Logan, so he could equally well drop her right in it if he chose to. Meanwhile, Adam's suspicions about Gary and Rick are confirmed when Bernie explains that the watch they found in the woods had the missing loan shark's name engraved on it. When Adam arrives home, he catches Sarah with the watch in her hands and he demands answers. But after Sarah fudges the truth, it all kicks off. Sarah is torn because she loves her husband, but she knows that she's gunning for Gary and wants to get him sent to prison, explains Tina. She's worried that if she tells Adam the whole truth, she's going to compromise herself as well, as she's never told anyone what really happened with Callum. Adam doesn't know the truth about his death, but Gary does, and it would open a whole can of worms so Sarah just doesn't know what to do. While Gary should be focused on Maria as the morning of their wedding dawns and he gets ready to say, I do, he instead has a run-in with Adam, then, flustered, heads off to find Sarah. He's convinced she shopped him, but Sarah promises Gary that she didn't break his trust and that's when sparks begin to fly. I understand why Adam thinks Sarah has feelings for Gary because she hasn't been very honest with him, admits Tina, Sarah isn't behaving as she should, but she has trust issues after what happened with Callum and maybe doesn't want to open up. But she's under no illusions that if she carries on like this, she'll lose her husband. However, what can she do? Betray Gary or Adam? Sarah has to got to take a risk, whatever she does. As Maria prepares to wed Gary and Adam continues to snub his wife, it looks as if Sarah has a big decision to make. Is she really ready to bring Gary's world crashing down to save her own marriage? I think Sarah wishes she'd never known any of this, shares Tina. The accident in Gary's revelation has shaken everything up for her. Adam and Sarah have a chance to make their relationship work without Gary on the scene, but he's thrown a spanner in the works, so who knows what Sarah's going to do. Street stalwart Tina admits that social distancing rules gave her cause for concern when filming. Do you think that Sarah wants to get back with Gary? I think she'd be the first person to say she would never go back to him. They had a toxic relationship towards the end, but she truly loved Gary. She doesn't want to betray him. How does she feel about Gary, Mary and Maria? Sarah's happy for them both, although there's a tinge of, oh God, Maria, doesn't have a clue. Plus, Sarah's a newlywed too, and when her life should be just beginning, it feels as if it has come crashing down. Gary killed Rick and has fessed up, yet he's the one who has landed on his feet, while Sarah's marriage could be over. So I think there's a little bit of resentment towards Gary. Was it weird to film that charged moment? That what with the new filming rules? Yes, the charged moment distance, distanced at two metres. It was fine. I was nervous and concerned that the spacing issue would make it difficult, but Mikey North, who plays Gary, is so great to work with, and we filmed it all in order. So it allowed us to get into a great flow. Before COVID 19 we wouldn't have shot everything chronologically, so it was a blessing in that way. Are you happy to be back? Yes, it's been good to see everyone. One of the directors asked us the other day which is our favourite set, and Jack P. Shepherd, who plays David, and I say without any hesitation both said the Platts. I love working there and it's nice to do scenes with a bit of banter going on. It's been comforting for us, so I hope it has always been comforting to the audience to see that dynamic again. Just the normal, familiar Corrie. Coronation Street ITV Friday. Can Jeff split up Sally and Tim? His meddling pushes the couple to the brink. Sally and Tim's plans to get hitched again are thrown into disarray this week after Sally gives their wedding fund to Alia. Jeff is furious when he learns that Sally has handed over the cash that he gifted her and Tim to his arch-nemesis without his knowledge and warns that, he, that her that his son won't be happy. But as he tells Sal that Tim will always choose him over her, could he be right? This is the biggest test the Metcalfs have ever faced and it might well just break their marriage, warns their cobblers insider. While Sally can see exactly what kind of man Jeff is, poor Tim is still convinced that his dad can do no wrong. Jeff is determined to see, to use that as his advantage, so if, if he can drive a permanent wedge between his son and daughter-in-law, you can bet your bottom dollar he will. This latest drama kicks off after Sally hears that Alia is desperate to sell her share of speed dial in order to cut ties with Jeff for good. Sally knows Alia has poured blood, sweat and tears into the family business, and the prospect of her having to give it up because of Jeff is just devastating. With that in mind, Sally approaches Alia and offers her the money to buy out Jeff. She still has the cash that her father-in-law gifted to her and Tim to pay for their second wedding. But the way Sally sees it, the money rightfully belongs to Yasmin. Alia is grateful for Sally's help, however getting Jeff to sell is not going to be easy. So when he refuses to let Alia buy him out, she takes delight in telling him the funds have come from Tim and Sally's wedding pot Jeff's raging to hear what Sally has done, but how will Tim react when he finds out? Sally knows Tim won't be happy, but she feels that it was the right thing to do, points out her mole. As she says sorry to her husband for not consulting him first, Sally assures Tim that they will still be able to afford the wedding. However, it's not long after that when Jeff gleefully gloats that Tim will always take his side over hers and poor Sally is left worrying that he might actually be right. The Metcalfs have faced many tough tests during their relationship, but might Jeff's machinations be the thing that finally breaks them? Or will Tim see his dad for the villain he is, and realise Sally was right to take Yasmin's side all along? Giving up the fight. Yasmin is desperate to remain behind bars. Alia pays her gran a visit in hospital this week in order to break the news that Elaine has vanished and reveals that both she and Sally believe that Jeff had something to do with it. Given Jeff's previous behaviour, Ali has, Alia has every reason to suspect that he could have done away with his ex-wife, and when she gently brings the news to Yasmin, it's clear her gran also believes that Jeff could be capable of murder. Alia's heart breaks as Yasmin asserts that as long as Jeff is still a free man, she would feel much safer being locked up in prison. Is there anything that Alia can do to persuade her gran to fight for her freedom? Coronation Street Friday, final farewell. Abby has a chance of change of heart this week and she realises she she does in fact want to say goodbye to the twins before they emigrate to Australia. After discovering that Charlie and Lexi were leaving for Oz, Abby was distraught. However, she refused to bid farewell to them, upsetting her other son, Seb. Yet this week, Abby changes her mind and realises that she has to see them before they leave. Abby asks Seb if he can contact a social worker again. But will Abby get to say her final goodbye? Coronation Street ITV Monday. Chesney takes centre stage. Will he be the new star of Gemma's vlog? Chesney has left red faced this week after he's caught half naked on Gemma's vlog while she's broadcasting to the world. Ever since Gemma decided that she wanted to document her life on video as a mother with young quads, her fiancé Chesney has been particularly supportive. But this week, Chesney's kindness backfires. After tending to the babies, Chesney rushes down the stairs shirtless and carrying his ruined top covered in sick. As Chesney approaches Gemma to tell her what's happened with the babies, he's horrified to realise she's accidentally broadcast the incident. Chesney is convinced that he'll be a laughingstock to all of Gemma's subscribers, explains our Weatherfield spy. His partner has become an overnight success in the online world ever since her first video was accidentally released by baby Bryn a few months ago. Even though Gemma initially only recorded the video diaries mostly for herself and to document her experiences with postnatal depression, her vlogs have evolved to show the highs and lows of bringing up four babies. To make matters even worse for Chesney, Gemma isn't just recording, she's live streaming straight to the internet, exclaims Armol. There's no way to delete the footage before anyone sees it, so Chess is pretty mortified that he's appeared online with so few clothes on. However, that's not the only drama on Gemma's vlog this week. She later receives a message from one of her viewers with the username VAN87. They express a desire to meet Gemma. However, Ches warns against it because they don't know who's behind the screen or what exactly they want. Despite Chesney's words of caution, Gemma agrees to talk to the stranger via video chat. And there's a shock in store as, to Gemma's surprise, the mystery messenger turns out to be none other than her bully Vanessa from Baby Senses Group. Could Vanessa be interested in Chesney after his surprise vlog appearance? Or is there something else she's keen to discuss? Coronation Street, ITV Wednesday. Steve loses his grip. The traumatised dad is cracking up. Devastated Steve takes out his anger and frustration on Nina this week by declaring war on, of all things, the veggie day at Roy's Rolls. However, when concerned Leanne spots him, it becomes clear that tragic Oliver's parents will have to pull closer together if they stand any chance of coping in the months ahead. Steve has been bottling up his feelings since Oliver's diagnosis, but they finally spill out when he's angered by the lack of sausage barms at the cafe. Nina bears the brunt of his fury as she explains that there's no meat on the menu and he'll need to pick another time to order. In a rage, Steve completely loses it. Needless to say, this isn't really about sausage barms, says our corey insider. Ever since he and Leanne were told that Oliver had a life-limiting condition, Steve kept his grief buried deep inside and tried to look after everyone else. He hasn't given himself time and space to process how he's feeling or or to let out these difficult emotions. Nina is stunned when militant Steve marches into the cafe with a packet of sausages. He rushes behind the counter and begins a protest against the tyranny of vegetarianism. Soon Leanne turns up and discovers Steve in full furious flow against poor Nina and she steps in before things get any further out of hand. Steve is in the same place Leanne was a couple of weeks ago so she spots the signs straight away explains our spy. It's really touching to see her take control and help him in this difficult moment. Steve can't think straight as he's so hurt so Leanne takes him home and helps him to calm down. She needs support as much as anyone else in this horrible situation. Back at number one, Leanne settles Steve down and encourages him to feel the sad emotions that are consuming them both. She explains that it's okay to feel upset over Oliver and that she'll be there to support him every step of the way. Nobody can understand the depth of the pain they're going through as Oliver's devoted parents, even their partners Nick and Tracy. There are some terrible dark times ahead of them and Leanne and Steve will need to lean on each other more than ever. With Leanne's support, will Steve find a way to deal with how he's feeling? ready to parent. Toya receives great news about her and Imran's plans to become foster parents this week. She arranges to meet with social worker Karen to discuss their change of heart and is reassured that they can get the wheels in motion soon. Karen understands that they had a wobble about fostering in the wake of Oliver's devastating diagnosis, but now Leanne and Nick have encouraged them to go for it, Toya and Imran are excited to get started. The only thing missing now is Leanne's preference for her sister. From which we'll provide the final part of their application. She's agreed to do it, but Toya knows it's a sensitive time to put pressure on Leanne to complete the reference. So with emotions running high with Steve, will Leanne do what she needs to do to make Toya and Imran's dreams come true? Emmerdale, ITV Monday. Leila stalked. But who has it in for her, and why? Leila is left fearing for her life this week when she's attacked by a mysterious hooded figure in Take A Vow, it's after Layla hears a noise coming from the office that she keeps in to investigate and she's horrified to find an intruder trashing the place. But as the unknown assailant takes a swing at Layla, can the terrified woman defend herself in the face of this assault? This is the climax of a scary chain of events, admits Roxy Shahidi, who plays Layla. I don't think there could be anything more intimidating than going into a space where you think you're safe and someone being there. Her first thought is, they want to hurt me. Layla defends herself, she continues. She does throw something at this person. She doesn't just cower in the corner, but she's very scared. The alarming incident is the culmination of a rather strange week for Layla, which kicks off with David and Jacob mistakenly jumping to the conclusion that she's cheating on boyfriend Liam. After David has an encounter with a man called Gaz, who claims to have a hot date with Layla, things take a rather curious turn, and David's stunned to witness Layla seemingly leading Gaz into her office for a sexy encounter. Layla can't get into her online diary, so all of her meetings are a bit up in the air, explains Roxy. When this guy turns up and claims they've got a meeting, she's nothing but apologetic, as she thinks she must have forgotten or got the date wrong. She doesn't twig what's really going on until he's being very overly obvious about why he's there, adds the actress. At which point she asks for an explanation. She's mortified when she sees herself on a dodgy dating app. She can't get him out quick enough. She's quite intimidated. It's bad enough when Leila realises that someone has set up a fake profile for her online, but things get worse when it becomes clear that Liam also believed she was two-timing him with another man. As clever as he is being he as he is being a doctor, Liam is not always that quick in relationships, laughs Roxy. He immediately thinks of himself, and his male pride is hurt, but most definitely gets the wrong end of the stick. Once he sobers up and Layla speaks honestly about her fears, he's certainly more sympathetic. Layla is left shaken and confused by the meeting with Gaz, and things take a terrifying turn later in the day when she encounters the intruder. So is someone deliberately targeting Leila and trying to make her life hell? You would have to know her personally in order to get that image and put her on the dating website and you would have to have a lot of animosity, concludes Roxy. Leila has no idea who it is or why it's happening and I think it's a seriously unnerving time for her. She fears for her life. When you know who's doing something you can start to figure out why they're doing it and it's the uncertainty of who it is that's the most scary thing. So will Leila find out the identity of her stalker before the situation takes a dangerous turn? At arm's length, Roxy talks us through the intense scene. Filming a scene like the one where Leila confronts her intruder this week can be very tricky under the current social distancing guidelines, but star Roxy tells us that in this instance the space actually helped capture the tension of the scene. It was definitely tricky to film, because take a vow is a small set, she reveals. But just having someone in your space in the dark is scary. I hope we manage to capture how afraid Leila is. The intruder doesn't attack her, continues Roxy. Leila actually throws a vase at them, and the act of throwing something is a lot more powerful with more distance. So I reckon that we used the fact that we had to be quite far apart to our advantage with that particular scene. Emmerdale, ITV Monday. Jamie confesses to Belle. Will his ex lover turn him in? Jamie begs for Belle's forgiveness this week, and, determined to tell her the truth at last, admits he was the perpetrator of Moira's hit and run. Belle has been ignoring Jamie since he apparently reconciled with wife Andrea after their steamy affair. Belle is totally unaware that Jamie is in fact desperate to get back together with her, yet can't because Andrea is blackmailing him. Jamie's tormented at the moment, our village insider reminds us. He's conflicted over Andrea and Belle and whether he should turn himself into the place over the hit and run. With Andrea blackmailing him to stay with her, Jamie finds himself pushed to the limit. Jamie goes over to the vets to see Belle and she's shocked to witness him in such a state. First, Jamie attempts to convince Belle that he still has feelings for her and that it's because of Andrea that they can't be together. However, Belle isn't convinced by his explanation and so Jamie sadly reveals that he was the one who ran Moira down, which has led to Andrea's threats. Belle reacts rationally and tells Jamie that she will go to the police and she's surprised that Jamie seems almost relieved by the idea of being turned in. To take the choice away from Jamie would almost be a blessing in disguise, explains Our sneak. It would ease the pressure on him and help with his guilt if he was arrested. But Belle finds herself conflicted. If she turns in Jamie then their future together would officially be over. It's obvious she's in love with him so this is a very hard decision for Belle to make but she also has her family to think about. Jamie ran over Kane's wife and if he discovers Belle covered for Jamie she'll no doubt be cast out by the Dingles. Belle has to remember the importance of family loyalty as well as her love life. Later at the Dingles Lydia begins to suspect Belle might be seeing Jamie again and when Belle grows agitated while trying to deflect her suspicions, Lydia is sure she's right. Despite trying to take her mind off Jamie, Belle becomes convinced that she should turn him in. So how long before his awful crime is revealed? (coughs) Emmerdale, ITV Monday. Repelling Paul. Mandy asks Lydia to help her to end things with Paul this week, however will their attempts to put him off work? Since Paul arrived in the village desperate to get to know his son Vinny. Mandy has been determined to bury her previous feelings for him but with Paul trying to convince Mandy he's changed it hasn't been an easy feat and Mandy has found herself tempted to give him another chance. So will Lydia's plan to repel Paul manage to do the trick? Emmerdale, ITV Monday The Big Interview Tony Ordenshaw joins us to celebrate 20 years of drama in the Dales and lifts the lid on the stories that might have been. Soap characters whom we tend to view as part of the furniture are often the ones we take most for granted. Yet they're always there, bustling away in the background of stories, even when they don't have a huge plot of their own, and we come to rely on them for a bit of light humour, to serve a beer, or provide some much-needed wisdom. In Emmerdale's case, that person is Bob Hope. Sure, he's a bit of a berk at times, and we're among the first to poke fun at some of his nonsense. However, the village really wouldn't be the same without him, and that's most likely why star Tony Audenshaw, who plays him, is celebrating an incredible 20 years in the role this year. Hi, Tony. Wow, two decades of Dale's drama. How do you feel? Yeah, I can't believe it. 20 years is a long time. Plus, I'd actually already been on the show four years previous playing a different character, Aki. I worked with Mark Charnock, plays Marlon, Lisa Riley, who's Mandy, and Steve Halliwell, Zach, a lot back then for a Dingle storyline. So I knew a few people there anyway. How was the character of Bob initially described to you? When I first got a breakdown of the character, he was described as a bit of a Jack the Lad and a real smooth talker. As I remember it, the bosses at Emmerdale weren't too sure about Bob's past at the time, as they hadn't decided whether he was going to be a bigamist or not. Then they opted against that, but of course Bob has had a lot of ex-wives, and he has even more of them now. Why do you think Bob has enjoyed such l- longevity on the show? I think, on the whole, he's a happy chap. I don't get many characters who smile a lot on TV. When I went into the show, I had it in the back of my mind that John Travolta is very smiley, in Greece, for example, and that's quite an engaging feature. So I thought I'd add that early on. And Bob's an everyman, isn't he? He doesn't let many things bother him. He gets on with stuff and has a laugh. Apart from his dalliances, he's not a bad bloke. What are some of the more challenging stories you've had? I always think back to his losses. He lost his wife Viv Windsor and his daughter Dawn. To imagine losing a child is awful. Then there's all the stuff with his relationships going wrong. Where we've looked into the details of those stories is what I find really interesting. Those were nice as they tended to be two-handles with either Viv or Brenda. Have you ever attempted to pitch a story of your own for Bob? (laughs) Years ago, and this went really wrong. I was reading an Ed McBain book. I like crime thrillers. Anyway, a detail in this particular story was that one of the detectives grew a moustache just for a bit of texture, and his fellow policeman took the mickey out of him. I happened to mention it to someone upstairs at Emmerdale. Then I got a phone call saying, We believe you want to grow a tash. I tried to explain that it was just an idea from a book and that I didn't actually want the moustache, but they told me, right, you're having one. So I ended up with this tash for however long until Lorraine Chase, who played Steph Stokes, shaved it off and then the razor broke mid-shave and I ended up looking like Hitler. Oh dear, in that case you would better tell us what you're most proud of from your time in the Dales. I was a big soap fan when I was young and I was really invested in Brookside, Of course, John McArdle, who played Billy Corkhill, did a bit of Emmerdale not too long ago as Lawrence White's old flame, Ronnie Hale. I'd worked with him previously on Prime Suspect and we were filming. I turned and said to John, I can't believe this. We're filming New Year's Eve and it was New Year's Eve was when Billy and Sheila Grant got together in Brookie. Do you remember? Of course, it didn't mean anything to him. I suppose what I'm trying to say is that when you're watching these things, they feel real. But when you're actually doing it, you're just going to work and doing your job. So my pride is in trying to keep going, doing the best I can and having the character come across as intended. I'm not fussed by awards, thankfully, as I don't get near them anymore. That side of things doesn't really motivate me. I like the process of work. Oh, that's lovely. Are you still in touch with any of the actors who have played Bob's children? I'm really good mates with Alex Carter, who played Jamie, so I see him quite often and we spend a lot of time chatting. He's one of the best friends that I've made on the show. In fact, we get on so well that I do worry sometimes that he's my real son, maybe from a night out in Oldham years ago. Otherwise, I see what Verity Rushworth, who played Donna Windsor, is up to on Twitter, and I meet Gemma Atkinson, who played Carly Hope, and her baby earlier this year. If Bob gets married again, and he must be due a marriage at some time over the next few years, Maybe he'll see some of his other kids again. In fact, bring them all back. Tony on Bob's special underwear. I loved it when Bob visited his old company Naughty Nylons after he became homeless and went to try to get a job. He had this excruciating meeting with the company's young boss and obviously all his dreams were shattered as he realised the world had moved on from his golden era of being a jokey middle-aged man. Poor Bob. Tony on Café Calamities When I started working in the café, they got us this fantastic big coffee machine, a proper one. We had a course with a barista on how to use it, and after two hours of learning how it worked, we went on set and couldn't even use it, as it was too big and got in the way. So for however long it's been now, we've had to just pretend to make all these frothy coffees. Tony on Bob's Wandering Eye I remember the viewer's reaction to the Bob and Laurel affair was largely terrible, Even though he'd had a lot of wives, I don't think Bob had ever cheated before and obviously with Laurel, that line was very much crossed. However, working with Charlotte Bellamy, who plays Laurel, was a gift. She's a real pro. Tony on stripping off. The worst of times when you have to get your top off at short notice, but lucky I was in quite good shape at the time of Bob's stripping routine in the pub. I'd been cycling regularly and had lost some weight, so that wasn't so bad, but those gold shorts... They started the short looking at my up my legs at these hot pants with my belly hanging over the top of them. That was horrendous. And Tony on Bob and Viv. I remember going in on a very sunny day to work with Dina Payne, who played Bob's late wife Viv Windsor, and we filmed the morning after Viv and Bob had slept together for the first time. We had to kiss on the first scene. It was out in the village on this beautiful morning, and it was just an amazing day, really. Emmerdale, ITV Wednesday. Dawn rumbles Harriet's affair. Raging over her discovery, Don reports Malone to his police colleagues. Time's up for Harriet and Malone this week after Don stumbles across their secret affair and issues Harriet with a stern ultimatum. Will's daughter can't believe it when the penny finally drops, leaving guilty Harriet with lots of explaining to do. Dawn is flabbergasted that Harriet would cheat on her dad and with a man that has been making their lives a misery for months huffs sir Emmerdale insider. It's not just the fact that Harriet has betrayed Will either as poor Dawn feels let down too. The perfect family home that she thought they were building for her son Lucas has all been a lie. Dawn learns the sickening truth after Harriet returns to the Dales following a brief spell away. Harriet's mind is all over the shop after learning that Will smacked Malone over the head with a spanner, almost killing him and the fact that Will chose not to fess up until the copper's disappearance forced him to has left Harriet with serious doubts, never mind that she is made to cover her own tracks after Will found Malone's warrant card inside the church where he was hiding out. Malone has since reiterated his love for Harriet, and rocks up again this week to apply more pressure. The local vicar is preparing to conduct a funeral at the time, which is perhaps a welcome distraction to the face of Malone's persistence. It's a miracle the pair of them weren't caught sooner, remarks her mole. Malone won't take no for an answer and Harriet, despite her best efforts, is too weak to refuse him. As Harriet and Malone engage in yet another clandestine meeting, she comes up with an excuse to get Will and Dawn out of the house, adds her source. But the plan backfires after Dawn stumbles across the truth and is left with no uncertainty as to what has been going on. Raging Dawn demands that Harriet tell Will the truth, or she will. However, Dawn isn't prepared to simply stop there, as she decides it's high time that Malone's police colleagues knew just what sort of devious and dangerous bloke they have in their ranks. With that, Dawn heads to the station and informs PC Swirling that she would like to launch a complaint against a senior officer. Trouble is, Malone still has the evidence of Will's attack as an ace up his sleeve, and he'll do whatever it takes to win Harriet's love. Does Dawn have the mettle to go through with finally nailing Malone and does she risk putting the lives of everyone she loves in serious peril by doing so? Let's play house. Might Dawn's actions lead to her losing her relationship with Billy? The timing of Dawn learning about Harriet's affair this week couldn't be worse as she and Billy make plans to move in together. The pair's relationship has gone from strength to strength in recent weeks and they're both clearly smitten with one another. However, once Dawn learns the truth about Harriet and Malone, her focus shifts to bringing down the bent cop. Does Dawn's future with Billy risk being a serious casualty of her vendetta? (coughs) Hobby City, BBC One Tuesday. Till death does do part. Sasha and Essie bring their wedding forward, but she is very sick. There is not a moment to waste for Sasha and Essie this week as they accelerate their marriage plans and opt to get hitched at the hospital. Essie is all set for the perfect day, but will she and Sasha get their happy ending? It's no secret that Essie is terminally ill and is running out of time, shares our Holby City inside her. The thought of not spending every second with Sasha is destroying her, and Essie wants to enjoy whatever time she has left as Sasha's wife. Preparations for the ceremony are in full squ- swing after Sasha accepts Essie's proposal, and the pair, the couple put aside their recent differences. Sasha took the controversial decision to send away Frankie, baby Isla's birth mother, whom Essie felt ought to know the truth about her cancer prognosis. Heartbroken Sasha argued that Essie was giving up her fight by preparing to hand Isla back to Frankie and wanted to give his soulmate a reason to keep going. But after Essie collapses and is is admitted to the ward, the pair bury the hatchet and enlist the help of their hospital colleagues to create a perfect last-minute wedding. As Dom steps in as Essie's hair and makeup consultant, Sasha contacts his rabbi and asks Jack to be his best man. All that's left is for Fletch to escort Essie down the aisle. For the first time in weeks, Essie is happy. The happiest she's ever been, in fact, explains our source. Sasha, bless him, is a bag of nerves. However, as Mr. Hanson points out, there is not much chance of him being jilted at this stage. The fact remains, though, that Essie is very sick, and as lovely as the hours leading up to the service are, she is only growing weaker by the moment. Can she summon the strength to end the day as Sasha's wife, or will a tragic twist of fate tear the couple apart forever? Holby City Holby joins the front line. The team will battle COVID-19 in future episodes. This week's instalment of Holby City will be the last we see of the medical drama for a while, as it takes a break from our screens. The show has run out of episodes that were filmed before the UK went into lockdown. However, the good news is that the team is already back in the studio and filming a special episode that'll see the hospital gripped by the coronavirus pandemic. It's with great pleasure that we open the doors at Elstree to welcome back the exceptional cast and crew of Holby City. She is BBC Studios head of a continuing drama, Kate Oates. We have some compelling stories to tell as we explore how the lives of our characters have been changed since the start of the pandemic and how our heroes battle against the odds come what may. Holby will be back later in the year, running at a slightly shorter duration of 40 minutes. The virus will be an ongoing theme as the series moves forward with CEO Max wrestling to keep the hospital in control and our staff safe. And it's not just the pandemic that Max is fighting, as she and Rick go head to head. While the pressure naturally takes its toll, can Max and her team get through the crisis? Aldi City, BBC One Tuesday. Nikki's Love Dilemma. Nikki has a spring in her step following her night of passion with Cameron this week, but she's left heartbroken after he gives her the brush off. However, Nikki's surprised to learn that she is the object of someone else's affections when Louis plucks up the courage to ask her out on a date. How will possessive Cameron feel when he finds out Nikki is moving on, and how susceptible is she to falling under his spell again? Hollyoaks, Channel 4 Monday. Former Hollyoaks star Ali Bastian reflects on one of the soap opera's most controversial plots. Hollyoaks continues its look back at some of the biggest stories in its 25-year history this week, with the shock reveal of schoolteacher Becca Dean's affair with her teenage pupil Justin Burton. The storyline had viewers gripped when it first aired back in 2006, and 14 years on, actress Ali Bastian, who played Becca, tells us that it was a moment that shaped her career. Hi, Ali. How did you react when Hollyoaks told you it was revisiting the Becca and Justin episodes? I was really excited. We all worked so hard on that storyline and I was so proud of it. I've actually had a sneak peek at the episodes just to remind me of what happened in that particular week and it was amazing to look back on it all. My first thought was just how young I looked. Can you recall your reaction when Becca's affair with Justin was pitched to you? It was quite an interesting journey because it was on and off for a really long time. Often in Soap you're told about a story and five seconds later you're knee deep in it. With this one the bosses said they were thinking about doing the plot but then decided against it because Chris Fountain who played Justin was quite young at the time. It wasn't until current Hollyoaks producer Brian Kirkwood came in that it was decided we were going to go for it. Were you worried about playing out such a controversial topic? The great thing about Hollyoaks is that it's fearless, it has the conversations that need to be had, without a second thought. This was a moment where it just said, let's tell this really difficult story and let's tell it with characters where you can see it from every point of view. It challenged us to play it out, and it challenged the viewers in terms of what they think is right and wrong. Looking back, what do you make of Becca's behaviour? It acts as if this strange process where we have to believe in everything our character does, so it would have been difficult for me to play if I had judged her at the time. I had to believe that Becca was just desperate for love and looking for it in all the wrong places. It wasn't until I was out the other side that I could look back and go, well, that was a massive breach of power and should never have happened. What was the reaction from the viewers at the time? It was quite strong. I remember being yelled at in my local supermarket and told, leave him alone, he's just a child. It was quite strange, but it was a good indication that people felt passionate about the story. That was ultimately what we wanted. Becca had a tragic exit when she was killed in prison. Do you wish her ending hadn't been so final? I have moments where I think it was a shame that the end for Becca really was the end. When Sarah Dunn, who plays Mandy, went back, I thought how nice it would be to work with her again and see all my old mates. But at the time, it felt amazing to have such a dramatic exit. It's a storyline that changed my career. What was your biggest takeaway from your time on Hollyoaks? Lifelong friends. Sarah, Jodie Albert, who played Debbie Dean, and Carly Stenson, who plays Steph Roach, are still my besties. We all experienced such an important time of our lives together, It was exciting and it bonded us for life. You've gone on to star in The Bill and Doctors. How do those shows compare to Hollyoaks? In some ways, they're quite similar. The Bill was very driven by police stories and Doctors was focused on the medical centre with a bit of character drama interspersed. But I loved Hollyoaks for the emotional highs and lows as I got to play out so much with Becca over six years. For a young actor, it's a gift of a job and I will always be grateful for Hollyoaks. Sweet child of mine, Ali shows off her new arrival, Isla. Ally became a mum to baby daughter Isla earlier this year and with UK lockdown now easing, the actress is desperate to share her bundle of joy with her friends and family. I gave birth and the country went into lockdown, she tells us, so we came home from hospital and didn't see anybody for months. In some ways it was really tough but my husband David was at home during that whole time so I felt totally supported. It's really nice to be around her family a bit more now though and for people to meet her, Adzali. I shared so many more pictures of Violet on social media than I would have imagined just because I couldn't show her off in person. Home and Away, Channel 5, Monday. Tane leaves town. What will his family have to say about it? Brothers Ari and Tane argue over how best to financially support their family this week and their heated confrontation pushes Tane to leave the bay. The locals are stunned to find out that the Parata men didn't make their planned trip to New Zealand after Colby put a ban on their passports and that Gemma has gone on without them. And they're even more gobsmacked to witness Ari, Tane, and Nikau on the beach performing a spiritual Maori ceremony to honour their late brother Makere. Later, as tempers flare over money worries, Tane considers going back to his criminal ways to help his family pay the bills. Ari and Mackenzie try desperately to talk him out of it However, when Ari returns to inform his brother that he's landed some legit work, he's stunned to find that Tane has gone. So has Tane skipped the bay for good, or will he be back in town soon? Home and Away, Channel 5, Wednesday. Bye-bye, Summer Bay. As Ben and Maggie head off to Pastors New, Home and Away stars Kesty Morassi and Rohan Nicol look back at their time on the Aussie soap. Ben and Maggie's loved ones gather to footbound a fond farewell to them this week as the newly re- reunited couple prepare to embark on their lifelong dream of moving to Italy. It marks the end of the Estonies' three years in Summer Bay and as actors Rohan Nicol and Kesty Marassi, who play the couple, join us for a chat, they admit that saying goodbye to the show is bittersweet for them. It's great to chat to you both. What's it been like for you playing out Ben and Maggie's ups and downs over the past three years. Kesty. It's been a roller coaster. It hasn't, hasn't it? It's helped that we've remained fantastic friends. Our friendship with each other has been somewhat something that we've both been able to count on throughout our time in the show. It's made for a very fun, very productive experience. All the storylines we've tackled would have been really taken a toll on us personally if we didn't have each other to lean on throughout at all. Rohan, being such close friends has meant that playing in the emotional stakes has been easy in the moment. It's been a real pleasure to come to work and the challenge should be challenged by the depth of storylines the Estonians have faced over the past few years. Why do the Home and Away viewers make of Ben and Maggie's relationship? Rohan, the audience is so incredibly supportive of Ben and Maggie and it has been ever since their arrival in Summer Bay. From Maggie's cast answer storyline through to Ben's mental health difficulties after being framed for drug trafficking, there's barely been a moment for them to enjoy their life on the coast together. Kesty. The response we've had has been nothing but positive. Audiences seem to be really rooting for us as a couple, always. They're really happy to see two people so solid in their love. That's an old-fashioned quality about Maggie and Ben's relationship. Come hell or high water. We're a team. Viewers love to see that type of relationship being lived out on screen. How do you feel about your exit storyline? Rohan. After all they've been through, Ben and Maggie really deserve a fairy tale ending, don't they? Kesty. I'd definitely like to see them live happily ever after. I mean, they've worked so hard. What's been the highlight of your time on Home and Away? Kesty. The people I've worked with without a doubt. Every member of the cast and the whole Home and Away team made me feel like part of the family. I moved states to join the show without knowing anybody living in Sydney and I leave with lifelong friendships I couldn't ask for anything more. Rohan, I really enjoyed working with my Home and Away colleagues on the show too. I'm delivering work we are really proud of. I'm especially fond of the male actors I worked with such as Shane Withington who played John, and James Stewart played Justin, who were really important in bringing Ben's mental health storyline from the script, scripts to the screen with integrity. How do you feel your time on the show is coming? How do you feel about the time in the show coming to an end, Kesty, It's bittersweet. All good things come to an end, and I really have to look back on it with nothing but gratitude. I've loved every minute of my time on Home and Away. No regrets. I'll always look back on it fondly awesome Astonies. Rohan and Kesty tell us their secret family, screen family, is very special. Ben and Maggie aren't just ex- exiting the bay this week, they are also leaving behind their daughter Ziggy, as well as their youngest Coco, who's, always, who's away studying. And both Rohan and Kesty admit that working with their screen clan was the most magical part about being on Home and Away. Kesty and I were so lucky to be able to tell some incredible stories throughout our times on the show, grins Rohan. I've always have found fond memories of us working together with Sophie Dillman, who played Ziggy, and Anna Cockerell, who played Coco, the awesome Astorian, Astonies. We adored each other right from the start, adds Katie. We have a tri-annual Astony family dinner where we get together at someone's house. We eat and then laugh our heads off playing weird board games. We love each other's company. Inside Gossip EastEnders New love for Cathy. She's making a welcome return to the dating world. Romance could be on the cards for Cathy when the Walford drama returns this autumn, following the news that she'll be on the hunt for a new fella. Actress Gillian tailforth lets slip the juicy gossip. Cathy is going to join a dating app, teased Gillian who turns 65 next week. She's older now and has been looking after everyone else, so it's about time she had a bit of love. Cathy needs a nice gent in her life, and who knows, she could meet the man of her dreams. Sadly, Cathy's previous love interests have often been the stuff of nightmares, especially when you consider that she was forced to fake her own death after getting involved with evil Gavin Sullivan. Perhaps Ian's long-suffering mum will never again know love like she did with his father, Pete Beale, but frankly, she is far too great a catch to go to waste. So who will be the lucky guy to snap her up? Dating app will certainly open some new doors for Cathy, whose radar for romance really seems to span further than Bridge Street Market. Or is she simply destined to meet her perfect match on the square? We've had a guess as to who Cathy might choose to swipe right on for the app. Phil Mitchell Kathy's ex is back on the market following yet another split from Sharon and he and Kath may be drawn closer in a bid to support son Ben with his hearing challenges. Is the old spark to be reignited? Buster Briggs Mick Carter's father left the square following a naughty fling with Kathy behind partner Shirley's back. If Buster and Kath were to reconnect online, Shirley might finally learn the truth. Mitch Baker he says he only has eyes for Karen, but we certainly wouldn't put it past Lady's man Mitch to secretly be a member of a dating app. We reckon that he and Kath would make a great couple, as she wouldn't stand for any of his nonsense. Slater Secrets Revealed What's next for Kat and Stacy? Wolford favourites Jesse Wallace and Lacey Turner are among the next crop of Wolford stars to join Stacy Dooley on EastEnders' Secrets from the Square. As both Slater women are set to return to Albert Square this autumn, the pair will tease the exciting drama that lies in store for their respective alter egos. Martin and Kush had better watch out. Meanwhile, star Jessica Plummer, who plays Chantelle, and Toby Alexander-Smith, who plays Grey, will also be taking their place in the hot seat to discuss the show's important domestic abuse plot, as BBC One's interview-based spin-off programme continues to run throughout August. Coronation Street. Back in business. Both Coronation Street and Emmerdale will be fully restored to airing six episodes a week from mid-September, as per their standard transmission schedules before lockdown. The ITV soaps were forced to ration episodes from the end of March due to a halt in production. However, after a triumphant return to filming in June, defying all the odds of working under strict social distancing rules, broadcasting will soon be back to normal. This is testament to the incredible work that has been achieved by our dedicated and hard-working production teams, crews, actors and writers, confirms an ITV spokesperson. Both shows continue to film while safely while adhering to guidelines issued by the TV and film industry. Emmerdale Kim's shock exit Claire King reveals the truth behind her Dale's absence. Inside Soap is pleased to report that Kim Tate hasn't left Home Farm for good. Actress Claire King is simply waiting for the green light to resume filming due to safety restrictions put in place during the COVID-19 pandemic. I have arthritis, so my immune system is compromised, which puts me at greater risk from the virus, explains the star. I'm not back at Emmerdale yet, so it's a case of waiting to be written back in. When I get a flare-up, it's not nice, adds Claire. I have to have my buttons done up for me by the costume people now, and I can't wear killer heels anymore. You'll notice Kim mostly wears riding boots now. Neighbours, Channel 5 Friday. Susan's school meltdown. In the grips of a panic attack, she locks herself in her office. Headteacher Susan's first day back at Erinsborough High ends in disaster this week, and she finishes up fleeing to her office and locking herself in. Susan has taken a prolonged leave of absence from her role in the wake of the Finn Kelly drama, and returns to find the school in the midst of a drug scandal. But as the education department arrives on site to tackle the worrying situation, the pressure gets too much for Susan and she buckles. Susan comes back from her time off, still quite traumatised, explains Jackie Woodpurn who plays her. Once the drug situation is apparent, we can see how much of a crisis of confidence Susan is having. She's gone from someone who was able to make clear, informed decisions very quickly, to someone who has no belief in her ability to make those decisions anymore. Finn has robbed her of her self-confidence. It's no wonder Susan ends up having a massive wobble. What Finn put her through is enough to send anyone into full-on panic mode. Susan's whole world has been turned upside down thanks to the killer's actions, and Jackie tells us that her character is still suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder as a result. It's been 12 months of pretty intensive drama for Susan, she points out. She was held hostage by Finn and emotionally tortured by him, then saw her niece Ellie go to prison for a crime she didn't commit. Susan has lost her compass to show her the way. You never really move on from these things. You just find a way to weave it into the fabric of your life. Susan and her husband Carl recently took some time out from Erinsborough in an attempt to salvage their fractured marriage. However, while Susan hopes to return from her break all guns blazing, the fact that drugs have been found on school property sends her into a complete tailspin. She's literally hitting the ground running when she gets back, reveals Jackie, but she's not weaponed up as she normally would be. When push comes to shove, Susan always has been a fighter, but on this occasion she takes flight, retreats to her office, locks the door and panics. Luckily for Susan, new colleague Jane is on hand to take control of the situation and she deals with the education department in a very swift and efficient manner. However, it's clear that Susan has cut some very big hurdles to overcome if she to fully regain control of the school and all its unruly pupils. Can Susan find the strength to overcome the challenge or will Finn rob her of her beloved job on top of everything else? Neighbours, Channel 5, Monday. Levi moves out. Sheila is left devastated this week when her grandson Levi moves out of the canning house and into a hotel room at Lassiter's. Levi was left feeling betrayed and hurt after finding out that his gran knew who beat him up when he was a child, yet covered it up to protect her other grandson, Kyle. As Sheila begs Levi to reconsider and even offers to move out herself so that he can stay in the family home, will her grandson take her up on her offer? Neighbours, Channel 5 Tuesday. Jane's shock return, but can she make amends with her daughter Nicolette? Jane makes her way back to Erinsborough this week and comes face to face with her estranged daughter Nicolette. Following the breakdown of her marriage with Des, Jane is back on Ramsey Street after hearing her daughter is also in town, but it's soon obvious that the mother and daughter don't have the best of relationships. The pair of them rub each other up the wrong way, says Annie Jones, who plays Jane. I think Jane wishes Nicolette would be more like her, but of course she isn't. She's the polar opposite in many ways. When Nicolette and Jane meet in Erinsborough, tensions rise. While Jane is livid over Nicolette's reaction to her nuptials, Nicolette reveals she's still angry about how Jane reacted when she came out to her as gay. In the wake of their showdown, Jane is still hopeful she and Nicolette can resolve their issues, but Nicolette isn't so sure considering their past. Jane has found everything very hard and she feels like a complete failure again, shares Annie. I don't think they've spent that much time together. As a child, Nicolette was in the UK but then moved to Australia and became a nurse while Jane stayed behind looking after Mrs Mangle. This is perhaps the first time since Nicolette was a tiny little girl that they're actually spending quality time together. Will being around each other more fix their fragile relationship between Jane and Nicolette or could it just end up driving the pair even further apart? EastEnders, Secrets from the Square, BBC One Monday. Walford star Zach Morris joins Inside Soap for a look back at his best Square moments. Teenage Rampage Growing up on Albert Square is never an easy ride, but Keegan Butcher Baker has had a tougher time than most teenagers in Walford. He's lost his best friend Shaquille to knife crime, suffered racial harassment from the police and run away to Gretna Green to get hitched to his teenage sweetheart Tiffany. But as actor Zach Morris joins co-stars Lorraine Stanley, who plays Karen, and Maisie Smith, who plays Tiffany, for a trip down memory lane in this week's Secrets from the Square, he reckons that Keegan has matured hugely over the past three and a half years. To start with, Keegan was the cheeky and rebellious friend of Shaquille, recalls Zach. The first year or so he was still in school and was very, very different from me, and I loved the fact that we were so different. He doesn't enjoy being a bit cheeky now and then. Being a baddie is fun. There was definitely a separation then, but as Keegan has grown and the character has adapted, some things have intertwined, he adds, which is nice. Keegan's experiences, the loss of his friend Shaquille and other big impactful events, all these things have put a toll on his character. They have affected him. The way things are now, he seems to be quite wise for his age. He has a strong business mind and he wants to do well. Zach joined EastEnders as Keegan at the start of 2017 and although he's only been in the show for a fraction of the time it's been on air, he tells us that it seems a lifetime ago now. So getting the chance to relive some of his very first scenes was a real eye-opener. The bus crash was the first stunt I ever did for the show when I started, remembers the star, so the memory of that is quite distant. That was a big time for me. My life had started to change as I was becoming a regular cast member and I'd just turned 18. For me it was quite drastic, to remember it was nice. When it comes to choosing his favourite storyline, Zack doesn't hesitate to pick out the knife crime plot and he reveals that it had a massive impact off screen as well. EastEnders saw the problem with knife crime and took an opportunity to highlight it, he explains. I even heard the knife crime storyline was shown in schools. When you think about it, that makes sense. It's showing a dramatic view of something rather than sitting there and giving out numbers and statistics. If you sit down to watch something and give it your full attention, it affects you in your own way. I think that's something the EastEnders does well. The more real stuff we do, the better. And with that in mind, Zack tells us he's delighted to be tackling his character's current plot, as Keegan is unfairly targeted by the police due to the colour of his skin. He has the implications of being a black man in a modern society, which I can personally relate with, reasons the actor. It's something I'm glad EastEnders has touched on. To portray that is interesting. It's refreshing content, which is good for me. From an audience perspective, what Keegan does can be quite educational. Keegan has grown into his own, concludes Zach. You still do still get the spurts of anger and frustration, but there's more justification for it now. He's definitely a complex and interesting character. We are family. Zack clearly adores his co-stars. As you'll see this week, Zach shares a close bond with co-stars Lorraine and Maisie and he says the two are his best mates. Lorraine and I get on brilliantly and we have done since day one, he grins. What's so cool about a show like this is when you have families on screen, the relationships you build become like a real family. I don't see those guys as just co-stars. We look out for each other. Lorraine is just brilliant to work with. She's always prepared and she's a laugh as well. Maisie and I get on really well too, adds Zach. We're always on set together. Our storylines now revolve around each other more than ever. You're going to become close. Maisie has a cool work ethic, so we click on that level as well. (coughs) The Archers, BBC Radio 4, iPlayer, Monday to Thursday 7pm, and Omnibus on a Sunday at 10am. Linda attempts to return to village life this week and gives her insight into the new concept for the flower and produce show, although will her determination end up being short-lived? Meanwhile Chris tries to cover his tracks after breaking his pact with Alice but he's not the only one keeping secrets and soon accusations fly. Plus Robert does his best to shake off a gate crasher. What happens when? Your entire soap week at a glance. EastEnders Monday the 10th of August Up next on Secrets from the Square is a trio of treats as stars Macy Smith, Zach Morris and Lorraine Stanley join Stacy Dooley to reflect on their time at EastEnders. Tuesday the 11th of August, we go back to another iconic episode from Boxing Day 2014. Mick's life has changed forever when a secret is revealed, and meanwhile Knit Cotton prepares to leave Albert Square for good. Sneak peek at next week. There's a Landlady special this week, which with guests Kelly Bright, Letitia Dean who plays Linda and Sharon, which iconic episode will we be treated to this week? Coronation Street, Monday the tenth of August. Nina upsets hangry Steve when she implements a veggie day. Adam confides in Imran, he's convinced Gary killed Gary. Gary killed Rick. And Chesney ends up appearing half naked on Gemma's vlog. Wednesday the twelfth of August. Adam offer orders Sarah to tell him everything about Gary. Leanne realises just how stressed Steve is about Oliver. Jeff is furious that Sally lent Alia the money to buy him out. Friday the 14th. Adam confronts Sarah about still being in love with Gary. Gemma decides to meet up with her old enemy Vanessa and Abby decides decides that she has to say goodbye to the twins for good. Streak peek next week. What will happen on the day of Gary and Maria's wedding? Seb is livid, believing that Abby has let him down once more, and struggling struggling Tim continues to be torn between Jeff and Sally. Emmerdale, Monday the 10th of August. David and Jacob reckon that Leila is cheating on Dr. Liam. Later on in the office, Leila is attacked by someone. Jamie confesses to Belle that he wasn't that he was behind the hit and run. Wednesday the 12th of August Leila finally realises who's been tormenting her all this time Dawn learns that Harriet is having an affair and threatens her and Belle wonders whether to turn Jamie into the place Friday the 14th of August Dawn reports Malone to PC Swirling at the station She realises there's no going back on her actions now and Nate risks losing his job in order to support Tracy at home Next week Dawn's determination to put her is in a very dangerous position. Nate gets into trouble at work, but he might have a way back in, and shocked Gabby is touched by Leila's sweet gesture. Hollyoaks, Monday the tenth of August. Amy Connikan, who plays Courtney, is joined by co-star James F- Jess Fox, who played Nancy, as the pair take a look at classic episodes from two thousand six. Becca is pregnant. But who is the father of the child? Becca's husband, Tuesday the 11th of August, Becca's husband, Jake, decides to spend the day with her. Nicole reveals Becca and Justin's affair to Nancy on her birthday and Justin's family are sad to see him broken-hearted. Wednesday the 12th of August, Justin tells his sisters about Becca but they won't believe him. Meanwhile, Nancy tells Becca to confess the truth to Jake. Grandpa Bill wants to move into the Ashworth family home. Thursday the 13th of August. Nancy confronts Justin and has a sad realisation. As the sisters fight, Becca finally admits the truth to Jake. Mel struggles to resist temptation at the alcohol-free party. Friday the 14th of August. Jake shows his true colours and loses his temper with Becca. Jake then barges into the party and punches Johnston. beaming Max and Claire happily celebrate their engagement. Hollyoaks continues to mark 25 years on our screens and we look back at the next five eventual years in Chester, featuring one of the show's most infamous serial killers. Neighbours. Monday the 10th of August. B manages to stop Kyle and Levi from fighting in the street. Sheila is surprised when Roxy is the one to hear her out, and Harlow and Hendrix realise that someone's dealing at the school. Tuesday, the 11th of August, Yashwe believes Ollie might be the school's drug dealer. Harlow and Mackenzie have a suggestion for Paul, and Nicolette spots Chloe and quickly asks her on a date. Wednesday, the 12th, tensions rise when Nicolette and her mum Jane meet again. David agrees to let Brent stay at the house with them, but there's an accident when Emmett and Brent visit the roof Thursday, the thirteenth of August Emmett everyone goes to help injured Emmett, who ends up in hospital. Jane is saddened when she hears B on the phone to Ellie, and Paul tells Pierce he knew Chloe was pregnant first. Friday, the fourteenth of August. Chloe learns that her big her brothers are struggling with Fay. Nicolette gets an offer to work in the hospital but Jane is behind it and Susan has a meltdown as she crumbles under ple- pressure. Sneak peek of next week. Chloe asks Pierce if Faye can stay with them for a while. Another member of Emmett's family turns up in Erinsborough, and which resident is hiding a huge secret from his family? Home and Away Monday the 10th of August. Nikau struggles back at home without Gemma by his side. Colby doesn't want Bella to see Nikau, but she defies him anyway. Ben and Maggie offer Dean and Ziggy the family home. Tuesday, the 11th of August. Tensions rise at the Pirata house and Tane goes AWOL. With Ben leaving, Dean becomes the owner of Ben's boards. The Astonys spend one last night together before the big move. Wednesday, the 12th of August. Ziggy is agitated while her parents prepare to leave Summer Bay. John hurts Marilyn when he shares some on-home truths and Maggie and Ben wave goodbye as they leave for good. Thursday the 13th of August. Marilyn sadly confesses to John that she doesn't love him. Tori sees the image of Jasmine posing as Grace's mum and Alf keeps an eye on Ryder while he waits for more news on Evan. Friday the 14th of August When Colby confronts Jasmine she angrily lashes out Irene suggests that Marilyn and John hire a professional carer and Meek Nikau seeks comfort from Bella when he realises Tane has left Sneak peek at next week Nikau treads carefully when he and Bella have alone time Irene finds a note from Jasmine but where has she gone? And Marilyn and John hire someone to help them out at home Thanks for listening to this week's Inside Soap. Brought to you by Q and Review Recording Service for the Blind. Please join us next week for more details of the latest happenings in Soapland.